This is a story from Iceland. It's called Hild, the Queen of Elfland. Now there was once a farmer who lived in Iceland. He lived in a mountainous region, a good distance away from everybody else. And he was quite a prosperous, well-to-do man, and everything was going well for him. Now he had taken on a housewife to look after the place, and she was wonderful. Held was her name. She was beautiful, and she could do anything. And the farm prospered with her helping him to run it, and he was very fond of her. But he was a married man. He had family, and he was a very happily married man. And no, Held was wonderful working around the farm, a great help to everyone. But there was never any thought of romance or anything in the farmer's mind, nor in Hill's mind either, for that matter. Now everything was going really well for the farmer, with one exception. You see, he had a great flock of sheep, and he had to employ a shepherd. But every year, on Christmas Eve night, the shepherd would mysteriously die, so that on Christmas morning they would find him lying dead in his bed. Now there was no mark on his body. There was no sign of foul play. But every Christmas Eve a dead shepherd? Something must be going on. And yet there was never any suspicion on any member of the household. It came to the point when the farmer decided that he wasn't going to hire any more shepherds. He couldn't have it on his conscience, you see. I mean, it was a death sentence to whoever took on the post. And he had quite a large flock of sheep. But he wasn't going to have that death hanging over him, and so he decided that the sheep would just have to look after themselves. Now, after a while, a man came to him and said, Would you hire me? I'm uh, very good with sheep. I'm a good shepherd. Ah, no, no, he said. I'm, I'm not in the market for a shepherd. Why, do you have a shepherd? Well, no. No, I don't. Then why won't you hire me? I'm a very, very good shepherd. I'm sure you are. Nobody's disputing that, my good man, but... <sighs> haven't you heard? Heard what? Heard that every time I hire a shepherd, he's dead on Christmas morning. Yes, said the man. Yes, I have heard that. Well... Doesn't it bother you? No, I'm not bothered by death, he said. No, no, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. Well, no, I can't hire you. I mean, uh, I couldn't have it on my conscience. Don't let it be on your conscience. Let it be on mine. 
said the shepherd. I will do the job. I will be a shepherd for you. And I have no fear about dying on Christmas Eve. Well, eventually the farmer was persuaded. And he hired the man. Now this man was exceptionally large and strong. A very powerful man. And he was very popular. Everybody liked him. Now, he was an excellent shepherd as well. I mean, the farmer couldn't have asked for more. But as the wheel of the year turned, then the farmer became more and more concerned about what was approaching Christmas Eve. Was this shepherd going to go the same way as all the other shepherds? There was no reason why he shouldn't. Well, on that day, the shepherd was out with his flock of sheep. And as was the custom at the time, the farmer and all his family and all the servants went to the church on Christmas Eve late into the evening. And they would be there for a while. It was a long way away. It was a long journey for them. And they would only come back much later in the evening. Now, the shepherd wasn't back in time to go to church with them. He still had his, his flock to take care of, and then he would return after dark back to the house. Now, Hild, the housekeeper, also stayed at home, and she always made the supper for the shepherd coming back, and she would prepare all the food for Christmas Day, and also she would have supper ready for the family so that they could eat when they got back. Now all went as usual. The family went to the church. The shepherd came back, held, set a meal in front of him. He ate, and then he went to his bed and held, carried on working. And he heard the family coming back from the church, and then having their supper and going to bed, and Hill still working around in the kitchen. But the shepherd remembered what night it was, and what happened on that night, that his life was in danger. And so... He decided that he must not go to sleep on any account. He mustn't shut his eyes. He mustn't drift off into slumber. No, that would be dangerous. That would spell his doom. He would stay awake. Well, he lay in his bed, and he listened, and the sound of Hill's working stopped, and then he heard the footsteps coming towards his room and the door opening and he heard someone entering. He pretended to be asleep but out of the corner of his eye he could see it was held and she came over to him and she placed something in his mouth. It was a bit and then she put a bridle over his head and this was no ordinary bridle, this was a magic bridle, an enchanted bridle. 
and as soon as that bit was between the, the shepherd's teeth and that reins were over him, he had to do exactly what Hild wanted. And she pulled him out of bed, and she led him outside and climbed up onto his back, and then she dug in her heels, and he started to run. But he didn't run over the earth. He lifted up into the air and ran through the sky. Well, on and on he flew, a long, long way, until they came to a valley, and they came down onto a mountain ridge, just next to where the valley lay. And then Hild tied the shepherd to a tree, and she went away to the edge of a precipice and chomped over it. Well, the shepherd pulled and pulled at the bridle until eventually it slipped over his head and he was able to spit out the bit from between his teeth. And then he followed her. And he went to the edge of that great, that great chasm and he chomped into it as well. But he didn't injure himself. He landed on his feet softly and he followed after Hild. He could see her in the distance. Now, it was an open plain, a beautiful meadow that they were heading over. And the shepherd knew that he would be spotted if he tried to follow Hild over that in the open ground. But there was more to the shepherd than met the eye. He had some magical help, too. You see, he had a stone, a magic stone, that if he held it in his left hand, he would become invisible. So he took the stone, he held it in his left hand, and then he ran as fast as he could after Hild. She headed towards a beautiful castle, the likes of which the shepherd had never seen before. And as Hild reached the drawbridge that led across into the castle, she was met by a man, handsome, handsome man, dressed as a king. And he embraced her, and the two of them wept. And two fully grown children came up and hugged their mother. And then they went into the castle. The shepherd was very careful to stay close behind them, but to be quiet. He didn't want himself to be found out. And he followed them into a great big room, and everybody cheered when Hild came in. Everybody was glad to see her. All, that is, except for one old woman who sat in the corner of the room and who scowled at her. Well, Hild went away, and after a while she came back, and now she was dressed as a queen. The shepherd knew that they were in the land of the elves, and that is what Hild was.
But she was no ordinary elf. She was the queen of the elves. And if she was beautiful in the land of men, in the land of the elves, her beauty was beyond words. Well, she sat at a table next to her husband, the king, and the two of them talked long together, and then three other younger children ran into the room and ran to their mother, and she swept them up in her arms, and her tears ran down her face, and she covered their little faces in kisses, and she embraced them, and she called them her darlings, and how she'd missed them all this long time. Now the youngest child, a little boy, sat on her knee, and she couldn't stop cuddling and caressing him. But you know what bairns are like. He got fed up with us after a while and started to squirm, and he wanted down. So she set him down on the floor. Now she was dressed in the most beautiful robes, and on her fingers there were many, many gold rings and many gold bracelets around her wrist. And she took off one of these gold rings, and she gave it to the child to play with. Well, the child happily sat and played with the gold ring, until eventually he dropped it on the floor, and he paid no more attention to it. It was old-fashioned now. He was fed up with it. So, there it lay. The shepherd stole over silently picked up the ring and put it in his jacket pocket, and he went back into the corner where he'd stood, and he watched everything that went on, the feasting went on, and it was obvious that the king and queen loved each other very deeply, but that there was a great sadness on them. Well, eventually the time came when Hild had to leave, and the king pleaded with her, Don't go, don't leave me again, I cannot bear it. But she said, You know that I would stay if I could, but it is not within my power to do that. The curse that your mother laid upon me means that it's impossible for me to stay. The king went over to the old woman who sat scowling in the corner and pleaded with her mother, he said. Mother, will you please lift the curse that you placed on my wife? I love her so much, and this is the only day that I can see her just for a few hours on the night of Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. And then, the joy, the joy of seeing her is so, so strong. Oh, but then there comes the pain, the pain of having to let her go again. I cannot bear it. It breaks my heart every year. Please lift your curse from her. 
The old woman fixed them with a cold, hard stare and said, Never! I will never lift the cuss from her. I said when you wanted to marry her that she wasn't good enough for you. She was too low-born. Oh, she's a pretty one. But she doesn't come from royal stock. And yet you married her anyway. You went against my wishes, and you married her. And so I have cursed her. She can only come here on the night of Christmas Eve and spend a short time with you. But she has to pay a terrible price for that. Oh, yes, you know what I mean. And I know that the people up there in the land of men, they will soon find out. And she will be punished and her life will be forfeit. Well, seeing that there was no use arguing with the old woman any further, the king went and embraced his queen and the two of them wept on each other's necks. And then... She headed out the door. Well, the shepherd ran out before her, and he ran all the way back till he got to the place where he was tied up to the bridle, and he pulled it on his own head, and he put the bit between his own teeth, and Hild came back, not knowing that he had been anywhere near her. And she spurred him again up into the air, and he flew back to the farm. Now he was a much stronger man than all the other shepherds, and although he was utterly exhausted by this, he still managed to get back in one piece. And when they got back to the house, Hild lifted him up and carried him to his room and lay him gently down on his bed. He pretended that he was still asleep, and then Hild went away and left him. And then, knowing it was safe, he fell into a deep, deep sleep. Now the next morning, the farmer awoke, and the family got up, and it was Christmas morning. Ah! And then there was the thing that the farmer had to do, the thing that he didn't want to do, but thing that he had no power over, he had to go and see if the shepherd was dead, and he thoroughly expected him to be so. So he went into the shepherd's room, and he walked cautiously across to the bed, and then, cringing, he placed his hand on the shepherd's breast. But it was warm, and he could feel from it that he was breathing. The shepherd's eyes opened, and he said, Oh, hello, is it time to get up? Oh, it's okay, said the farmer. You, you rest a bit longer. And so the shepherd rolled over and went back to sleep. He was exhausted from the previous night. Now he slept for a bit longer, and then he got up. 
And he said to the farmer, in the presence of the family and all the servants, including Hild, he said, I had a strange dream last night. You wouldn't believe it. Hmm, tell me, said the farmer. Well, it was all about our friend Hild here. And he told the whole story from start to finish. Well, the farmer looked amazed, and Hild looked pale, white as a sheet, and she shook, and she said, You're a liar. You're a liar. Can you prove that I was in Elfland? And the shepherd said, Well, as a matter of fact, I can. And he put his hand in his pocket, and he took out the gold ring, and he, said, and he handed it back to her, and he said, Here is your ring, Hild, Queen of the Elves. Can you deny that this ring is not yours? And she took it from him, and she said, No, I cannot deny that this ring is mine. But you have done me a great service. When my mother-in-law placed that curse on me, I was forced to ride the shepherds all the way back to my land. And it was too much for them, and she knew that. She knew that that was the price that had to be paid. A life had to be given in return for me to have a few hours with my husband and my children. And she also thought that people would suspect me of being a murderer and that I would be put to death, and then her curse would be complete. The only way that the curse could be broken is if a man was brave enough to follow me to Elfland and to bring back proof that he had been there, and you have done that. And as my gift to you, I will tell you that everything that you do in the future will prosper. You will be a rich man, and everything that you do will be a success. And with those words she disappeared in the twinkling of an eye, was gone. And sure enough, that shepherd, he made a very good life. He made a lot of money, he built a large farm, and he had a large flock of sheep himself. And everything that he did, from his marriage to his children, to wealth and happiness, everything that he did, worked well, and that was all the gift of Hild, Queen of Elfland.